0: We are beginning our series on the, the Book of Romans, and uh, we're going to be in this book for, um, for, for many months, and, um, and today I, I just simply want to help us get going on this journey together. Bible studies have started to meet as they're studying uh, the Book of Romans. If you're, if you're not one of those Bible studies, I don't think it's too late to be part of one of those, or if you want to do some study on your own, you can get a Bible study guide and be studying along with us, because you'll be studying that, that, that lesson, and we'll be uh, teaching on it over the weekend. So uh, I want to invite you in that, and if you get your uh, Bible study book, you've seen that, or you've seen the bulletin, you'll see the the, the cover says Romans, courtroom to living room, and that's what I want to talk to you about today, as we just sort of set the foundation for this study in in the book of Romans, and and just sort of give us a a big picture of where we're going in this series. Um, And let me just start by asking a question that maybe you have asked, maybe you haven't. It's okay if you haven't. Uh, but it'll get us going the right direction here. What is the highest blessing about the gospel? What What is the highest blessing of the gospel to us? Or maybe to frame it another way, what is the best news about the good news? What's the best news about the good news? And when you think about the good news of Jesus Christ, I think most of us, I mean, I I, I certainly do this, I I go back and I remember where I was without Christ. And when I heard that that Jesus Christ went to the cross, that as a a sinless uh, man, fully man, fully God, goes to the cross, sent by his Father, and Jesus goes there, he pays my sin penalty, and if I put my faith in him, believing that, uh, that he is who he says he is, put my faith in him, that my sins can be forgiven, the shame, the guilt can all be taken away, and there's this wonderful spiritual transaction that takes place where my guilt, my shame is removed, and what's, what's given to me, what's, what's credited to me is Jesus' righteousness. His right, I'm clothed in his righteousness so that when I stand before God, God doesn't look at me and see deficiency in me. He looks at me and sees the righteousness of his son and and sees that I am justified. Now that word justified, we'll we'll, we'll hit in Romans, you'll you'll see that, and that is a a beautiful thing about the gospel, that we are justified before a holy God. He looks at us and he sees us spotless because of who Christ is in us. And that is wonderful news, yet I want to suggest to you that perhaps that's not the best news, that's good news, but there are multiple spiritual blessings that are ours, and we'll see this as we look through, through, through scripture uh, even today. There are multiple spiritual blessings that are ours, so what's the best news about the good news? Noted theologian and author J.I. Packer was asked a question, he was asked the question, what is a Christian? Now, Packer's a pretty deep thinker, a well-respected leader, and here's, here's Packer's answer. It's, it's a bit of a longer quote, so stick with me on this. It's worth reading, and I want to read it aloud for us. Packer responding to this question, what is a Christian, says, the richest answer I know for a Christian is that God is his or her father. The revelation to the believer that God is his or her father is in a sense the climax of the Bible, just as it was a final step and the revelatory process which the Bible records. Now this next part is, is really crucial to get. Packer says, if you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much they make of the thought of being God's child and having God as their father. And he goes on, he says, if this is not the thought that prompts and controls their worship and prayers and their whole outlook on life, it means that they do not understand Christianity very well at all. For everything that Christ taught and everything that made the New Testament new and better than the Old Testament, everything that is distinctively Christian as opposed to merely Jewish is summed up in the knowledge of the fatherhood of God. Father is the Christian name of God. Packer. Saying, here's what it all boils down to. Here's the best news about the good news is the fact that that God is our Father. Father is the Christian name of God. But is Packer right? Is he right? Because what he's doing, he's launching from this this doctrine, uh, the doctrine of adoption that you'll find in Galatians chapter 4. If you got your Bibles, turn there because I want to read that, uh, that text. Uh, Galatians chapter 4. If you didn't bring a Bible, you'll find a, a Bible in the pew rack in front of you. Uh, page 1153 will take you to Galatians chapter 4. And uh, I want to read uh, that text for us today and invite you to stand, if you would, as I do that. Uh, and one of the reasons why we stand when we read God's Word is just a reminder to us the, the treasure that we have in the Word of God that's been preserved for us. And and also, I want to remind us that that while they are words in print, they're words in print because God spoke them. He spoke these words, and we have this treasure that we call God's word, and I want to read to you from Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. Just these four verses. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Uh, Let me pause there because in the original language it's completely appropriate. In fact, some translations will will say sons and daughters. So I'm I'm just going to take the liberty to insert daughters so that uh, we, we get a full sense of what is being said here. We have received the full rights of sons and daughters. Because you are sons and daughters, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son or a daughter. And since you are a son or a daughter, God has made you also an heir. And this is God's holy word. And you may be seated. So is Packer right. Is Father the Christian name for God? Is the best news about the good news, this, this concept of, of adoption? Uh, and, and as you actually, if you read through the scriptures, you'll see this theme coming up in the Old and, and in the New. In fact, in Romans, we'll see in chapter 9, when we get to chapter 9 uh, in, in the spring, uh, we'll read about Paul and how he's just, he just has this anguish in his heart because the Jewish people have rejected Christ. And they, they've rejected the, the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. And so what's going to happen is Paul, he's, in Romans 9, he's, he's talking about his heart, he's just heartbroken for his people. And then he begins to list out all the uh, all the blessings that the Jewish people have. So listen to what some of those, those blessings are. Romans 9 verse 4, theirs is the adoption of sons, theirs is the divine glory, the covenants, and the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises, There's are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all, forever praised, amen. And there's all these blessings, the adoption, divine glory, covenants, receiving of temple worship, promises, patriarchs, human ancestry, and at the top of the list is what? Adoption. This, this sense of, of a God who, who adopts people and, and makes them his own. And we, we do see this in the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy, Moses talks about how God has chosen his people as their children. They're, they're, they're chosen. And then you get to, to passages like in Hosea chapter 11, where, where you begin to see this, this, uh, this compassion and emotion of God for his people. Uh, let me just read these four verses to you, and uh, w- one author, one, one speaker that I, I, I just, I, I really I love hearing from is a guy named Sunder Christian. He describes this this passage as a God who is reminiscing over old photographs. I mean, listen to, listen to the, the emotion as he reminisces over his children who have gone astray. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt I called my son. But the more I called Israel the further they went from me. They sacrificed to the bales, and they burned incense to images. It was I, it was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms, but they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. I lifted the yoke from their neck and bent down to feed them. He said, can you just sense the emotion of a father reaching out, calling out to his kids, who, by the way, have gone astray. But what you hear from this father heart of God is, I will not give up on them. No matter how many roads they've gone down that they shouldn't have gone down, I am not gonna give up on my kids. And you you, you sense that. Uh, Zechariah chapter, uh, Zephaniah chapter three, verse 17 uh, it says, the Lord your God is with you, he is mighty to save. We sing a song, mighty to save. Lord your God is with you, he is mighty to save. And then listen to what he says. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Now, if you're a parent, and uh, if you can recall, maybe your kids are young, uh, and uh, maybe maybe your kids uh, have grown up, but as a parent, you you remember uh, that, that your, your child, when they would cry out, your, your ears were tuned in to the frequency of your child. And you, you can see this. Now, I think moms have a little bit of a stronger gift here, but dads have it too, because uh, they can hear a, a, a child crying and discern whether it's their child or someone else's child. And, and and then I remember when I was uh, when when our kids were younger and we had you know babies in cribs and um, I, I was it was my shift one night. Uh, that's how it worked in our house. Is we kind of split shifts to kind of give each other rest. Um, uh, that when I would hear a daughter or a son cry out I would jump out of bed as soon as I could and I'd run down the hallway and I'd get him there and I would pat her back and I would try and get that, that baby back to sleep as soon as possible because uh, so, I needed rest, I had to get up for work and but there were those moments where that pat on the back wasn't working and I needed to, to pick up a son or a daughter and hold them in my, in my arms and maybe just sort of walk around a room or maybe I'd go sit in a rocking chair and I would just rock and I would hold that son or that daughter close and, and, and then yes I would sing over them I would, I would hum tunes I would just do everything I could, I could do to try and calm and, and soothe whatever was agitating maybe a bad dream maybe they're just you know hungry whatever it is I'm trying to soothe and that's who God is the Lord your God is with you he is mighty to save people find themselves in difficult circumstances and he is the God who swoops you up hold you in his arms, and, and, and I don't know about you, but as a parent, when I would put that child back in the crib, there was something that just captured me that I could just stare at my son or my daughter sleeping. There was just something about, I could just watch them. I, could just, I just love watching them because I took delight in, in them, and that's who God is. He delights in you. He rejoices in you. And, and then when you get in the New Testament, you get to passages like in, in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, he's, he's laying out all these spiritual blessings for us in Christ. And as he lays them out, guess what's at the top of the list of spiritual blessings? Adoption. Listen, as I, as I read, you can follow along on the screen here. All praise to God, the Father of Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Now here he he goes, he's gonna lay out, here's the blessings, and he is going to ransack the original language here, scholars say, just use every word he can. Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. Do you see what's happening here? That, that's, yes, we have this foundational understanding that we are justified before a holy God. And we have to come to that place where we, ad, we admit our need for forgiveness. We admit our need uh, to, to have this guilt and this shame taken. We admit that we're sinful. And we are justified. But justification, as we'll see in Romans, is foundational because what that does is it leads us to a place where we have an understanding, a revelation of the fatherhood of God. Because Father is, is the Christian name of God. That is the best news about the good news. And it's, in fact, that is the reason why the theme of our, our study in the book of Romans is moving from the courtroom to the living room. See, I, I want you to imagine for a moment, uh, for, for those, those of us who can, uh, of walking into a courtroom. You walk into a courtroom, whose eyes are you making contact with first? Likely the judge... And, uh, and then probably what happens, not that I have any experience in this, but what, probably what happens is when you, when you see the, the judge's eyes, you're, you're kind of just like, okay, where am I standing? And Maybe your, your eyes dart and, and you're hoping the judge is, is indeed just and you're hoping that if you have a lawyer, that your lawyer makes a good case and uh, you're, you're probably thinking, I want to get in and out of this room as quick as possible with as least, as least amount of pain as possible. Uh, if it's a fine, I'd love to have that fine just removed. I'd love to have it reduced. Whatever whatever is going on, you want to get in and out of that room as quickly as possible. I can bet, here's something you're not asking yourself. I wonder how I can develop a relationship with this judge. I wonder how I can grow in my friendship with this, this judge who's sitting behind this this, uh, you know, this this giant lecturer, and he's got the uh, the gavel in his hand. Perhaps I, I want to know how how can I get to know him? What's he like? I don't think people ask that. I, I think people get in there, see a judge. It's intimidating, and they want to get out as quickly as possible. Intimacy is not something that's going through your head. Now. Get this, because when we begin our, our faith journey with Christ, many people, they encounter God in the courtroom, and we need to encounter him in the courtroom. And we're going to do that in the book of Romans. In fact, you're going to hear some very tough things in Romans 1, Romans 2, Romans 3, 4, 5, and 6. I mean, it's, 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 it's pretty brutal. It's very direct and blunt. But we have to walk into the courtroom. We've got to go into the courtroom so we can understand what, what's happening here. We can understand who God is, who we are, but we don't live out faith in the courtroom. Once we've been justified, once we've been declared holy before a holy God, we get the spiritual blessing of living out our faith, walking out of that courtroom, and then walking into the living room. Now, paint this picture. Mom's at home, she's been, she's been with the kids all day. Uh, and dad has been working, dad comes home, he sticks his key in, in the lock, he's turning it. The kids hear the keys sort of clanging uh, against the door. They jump up, they're excited, mom's exhausted. Uh, and, and and so the kids are running to the door, and dad walks in, they're like, Dad's home, and they th- jump up on him and they grab his legs, and dad picks him up and throws one over his shoulder, and the other one grabs him. If there's multiple kids involved here, dad goes down, and before long there's wrestling on the, on the living room floor and there's so much excitement because the kids love the dad and the, and the kids love to hear from their dad that they miss them and the kids love to hear from dad I love you and kids want to see and hear words of promise from their dad's eyes and, and hear those words spoken the family room, the living room is all about intimacy, it's all about acceptance, it's all about being loved by a father and a mother it's a family place, it's a living room that's where we live the Christian life and in the book of Romans yes we are going to walk right into that courtroom and we're probably going to wish that we get out of there a whole lot quicker than we do but the point of being in the courtroom is not to live in the courtroom because what Paul is going to do he's going to write to a church in Rome he's going to say all this stuff with the purpose of getting us to move to the living room because the best news about the goodness is that the Christian name of God the New Testament name of God is dad. It's dad. Now, we're going to celebrate communion here shortly. And we're going to have stewards up front. And they're going to have a cup and you're going to take a piece of bread and you're going to dip it in the cup. And, and, and when we do that, um, we get to come together as family. Yes, we come. Yes, yes. Maybe you're thinking, well, isn't God holy? Absolutely he's holy. But he's dad. And today we, we get to remember, we get to celebrate that we've been adopted into a family and we're heirs. Because our father loves us.